Well, happy Monday. Welcome in to Sports Talk. We're kicking off another full week of programs. Go until 6 o'clock. Today we are in studio for the first hour. And in the second hour, we are up to the Esquire with the News Gazette sports writers. Matt Daniels will be captaining that ship. And they're welcoming Petros Kiprianos in from Illinois' track and field program as a guest at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. I'm Scott Beatty along with Evan Kahn. The bug that's going around has got me, so... On the better side of caution, doing this remotely with you, Evan, thanks to technology. Hope you're hearing me loud and clear enough. Sounds good on my end. Hopefully it sounds good on their end. And we make do. That's, it's amazing how we've adapted over the last couple of years. We just figured yep. out a way to get her done. Yep. Better than uh, safe than sorry these days. Um, yeah, what a full weekend for Illini Sports and uh, a lot of things to, to process. We'll get to... Uh, Illinois and the Penn State game and the aftermath of it, if you, if you will. But as you just heard in the Fox Sports update, things are not looking good for Mississippi State head coach Mike Leak. Uh, they are uh, Mike Leach. I beg your pardon. They are. Uh, he's in critical condition, and um, well, when you're in critical condition, it's it's life or death. Um, and apparently, he had a heart attack. That's what the Clarion Ledger uh, is reporting. I'm not sure that. Uh, uh, EMTs got to him for a few minutes before he'd been out quite a while. Uh, obviously, this is Illinois' opponent in the in the bowl game, but uh, that seems to be sort of a a side note to it all. Uh, not without his time at controversy and and all that. A very unique character, uh, but by the outpouring coming, he's really well liked. Uh, absolutely, like you said, he's a, a unique character and he's he's well known in college football really shocking news to to find out i saw he's 61 years old and in the wake of this weekend you know losing grant wall the the journalist overseas who was only 49 i i mean it you you never know what what can happen when it can be your, your last moment so hopefully uh leach can can pull through but uh really sad news yeah is his team's getting ready for a a bowl game and the holidays and you're thinking of him and his family and his team as just uh not not a good time for for something like that as if there's yeah. any any time for for something no it, it's not good and it kind of it just puts a heavy feeling around what should be a very celebratory time getting to go to that bowl game and uh, you know sec versus big 10 and uh, no matter the outcome here i think it's highly doubtful that mike leach will be coaching that game um and and uh yeah it just i mean it adds to a uh, you know it adds to the football side of it but that's really small compared to just life and death here that's at hand so uh the folks down in uh, starkville are are praying and asking for your prayers and thoughts and um we'll keep you updated if we hear anything did you know i just learned this uh that mike leach has something in common with elijah drinkwitz sonny dykes ryan silverfield is at memphis and hugh freeze at auburn none of those guys played uh college football wow at all he did yeah he didn't according to what i'm reading he didn't play football college football but he's a coach. Go figure. And take your take it or leave it. Those other guys, but they're not chumps. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. And now that you say that, I can't remember who I was looking up just the other day, and it was a similar kind of situation. They played college baseball, and then they eventually became a, a college football coach. So, yeah, as this looks, it looks like he played rugby at BYU when he was in school. That's Mike Leach, and. 
ended up uh, as an O-line coach just after graduation. And, yeah, really, really big is Air Raid, uh, and that's what we're looking forward to. And the the bowl game was the Air Raid matchup versus this Illinois defense and how much they, they put a clamp down on the passing game. So, um, yeah, uh, interesting tidbit and, and thinking of Mike Leach. Speaking of the Illini passing defense, another accolade in for Devin Witherspoon. He's now going to be a consensus All-American. I thought consensus meant you had to win in all five of the outlets. Yeah, I saw uh, it's three out of five. Okay. Yeah, so he has now been named an AP All-American, and that means he is a consensus All-American. There's there's two more, I think, to be – to announce, but uh, the all consensus all Americans will be announced on Thursday. So he's an AP first teamer. Uh, Chase Brown, an AP second teamer. Johnny Newton, second team. And on the offensive line for Illinois, Alex Pelcheski, a third team. So Devin Witherspoon has been named a first team all American in every. <laughs> uh, every outlet so far that's named him Walter Camp, Football Writers of America, AP, CBS, Pro Football Focus. So he's got five first-team selections. Chase Brown is almost unanimously a second-teamer, except for uh, Pro Football Focus puts him at a third. Johnny Newton has four second-teamers. Palcho has a second and a a third and a second. And Sidney Brown does have a third and an honorable mention. All all worthy uh, of those All-Americans and, and Devin Witherspoon being uh, a consensus All-American means he, he gets a plaque outside Memorial Stadium, which will be uh, a really cool. I don't know, do they do consensus second teams? E- either way, we know Chase Brown's one of the, the best backs. And you look at, at those guys, they, they all look like names that, that could be called come April in, in the NFL draft. Well, one of the things my time at home here allowed me today was to review the Illinois basketball game against Penn State. Hey. And uh, having seen it in person, it was no better on video. <laughs> um, and Dave Rebson and Robbie Hummel on the Big Ten Network call were beside themselves. Hmm. They, they, they just, I mean, they gave credit to Penn State, and obviously Funk was just in a good kind of funk. But uh <laughs> They could not believe how flat Illinois was in that game. Um, and I, I sat in a postgame press conference and had to keep from chuckling when Brad Underwood let out the uh, the, the fart noise when asked about the leadership of Terrence Shannon Jr. Straight-faced. Um, I don't know how a man just straight-faced makes that, that kind of sound. <laughs> It is. It was. It's. It will be the gift that keeps on giving. That's for sure, and the meme that will live forever. Um, I was warned. I was warned two days before that game that the coaches were concerned, and Brad Underwood let on that he had had the game circled, but I was warned that the coaches were really concerned about how they were going to come out for that game, especially after beating Texas in New York City. Um, and it happened. It, it just all happened. And just looking back at things, yeah, Penn State made some shots. Um, and, you know, and, and Pickett bullies his way down. And, and Lundy's, uh, you know, he's he's a veteran. But Illinois just is, was soft, uh, almost disinterested. And I think it just looked like one of those games where you think you're going to win because of who you just beat. Mm-hmm. And and it, it this is... Big Ten basketball. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's the at the end of the day, what, what it comes out to and that, yeah, you can you can see it coming and sometimes a pitcher has a bull, bad bullpen and he goes out and he strikes out the side and sometimes you can see it coming in the week leading up to it and everything plays out that way. I mean, all, all the factors involved in it, you think about beating number two earlier in the week, you think about a, a sleepy Saturday morning at the State Farm Center having to get up, what, whatever it was, 6 a.m. shoot around and getting going and you're facing a veteran team that has nothing to lose and and this is exactly how Penn State goes every year I don't know if it's a psychology of Penn State basketball and teams just don't take them as seriously as they should but they come in every year they give you a rock fight and sometimes they tend to hit some shots and that's what they they did on Saturday and I don't know if I really don't think it was an X's and O's kind of thing, and it's one of those games that you can you can look at the bad stuff, but I'm I'm guessing for the most part it's something that they're going to chuck out. And Brad was sitting there whenever they get to practice. I don't know if it's t- today or, or not again until Wednesday, but it's like I told you so. And it looks like Terrence Shannon tweeted out pretty much saying the the same thing. You know, we. we believe in this coach he was telling us not to do this and that's what happened so uh, they, they paid for it in a loss you're 0-2 to start the Big Ten which is not good but uh, it, it's not the end of the world because it's the second week of December with a lot of games left to play and, and some people you know when 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 a coach does what Brad Underwood did in a post game it, it almost puts people in two different camps of yeah you tell them coach and the how could you call out your players like that coach uh i'm gonna offer a defense here of brad underwood if that's his first year that's probably not welcome um he's in a totally different spot and by the way it's not the first time he's ever done something like that that was the most pointed he's gotten but he has he has uh, been down this road before. Um, you'll you'll see in how these this team responds. You'll see on how this team responds. If it's a fact where he, if it's a case of he calls out his players and he starts to lose them or their trust to the locker room and all that, all right. But I get it. Maybe it's it's a miscalculation. But my guess is he saw this coming and he was planning for that all game long. <laughs> waiting to try to push this button. You can't play that card very often as a head coach, but you're coming off back-to-back, arguably back-to-back Big Ten championships, and this program's been at the pinnacle. You can't come out and say, oh, well, you know, they should have. What, well, what, what do we do? Well, we tried. but we... He's trying to call out guys that have NBA aspirations into saying, stay here with me in this moment, play as a team, and bring it every day. And if doing that in a post-game press conference is what gets his players to pay attention, it's probably going to be worth it. I think he has enough chips in this program and with his players that he can do that. Could be wrong, but I think he does. Yeah, The the expectation here is way different than, than when he first got here. And, and I've said it since you know the, the summer. This is finally a, a team fully constructed of players that that Brad has brought in here. So I, I can't imagine that he would call out anybody who who can't handle it, who he isn't 
like you said, trying to motivate. This isn't a, a, a trying to go out and publicly shame them. These are guys that he's going to count on the rest of the year. Terrence Shannon Jr., r- really your your star in the starting lineup. R.J. Melendez, a, a guy who's been in the program two years now, who, who's in the starting lineup as a, a sophomore who Brad Underwood is really going to count on. Yes, this was... was Totally calculated. This was the time to do it. You, you can't do it after a, a, a close loss or, or something like that. And this worked out perfectly, like you said. It, it was kind of a, a lead-up. I can't imagine that this was a, a snap decision that he made. And, and he probably more eloquently explained it to his guys the, the, the next time that they met up. And, and they know what, what it's all for. They're, they're just trying to, to win basketball games and, and get to the end goal. It's... Yeah, it's not personal. None of it's ever personal. It's it's for the team. It's to get them motivated. It's to get them to win. You might not like to hear it because most of us don't want our bosses or our head coaches going to before an assembled media uh, calling out your performance. But we're not Division One basketball players. <laughs> uh, there's just a different level of expectation. It 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 doesn't make me comfortable, but. I'm not on that team with what's before me. I also just think having, having been around him enough in uh, whatever it was, six years, like we, we all could see it on TV. Like Brad can, can get really mad and can get really animated. Um, but it's pretty rare that he is just unrestrained and uh, just goes with whatever he's feeling in the moment. He's a pretty calculated guy. And that's just why I think he, is making a calculation on how this team will respond by him doing that. I remember distinctly in 2019, the 2019-2020 season, Brad Underwood was asking for leadership from his team, and he said he was getting none. This was a team with Io and Kofi and Andres Felice and others, and he said, I'm not getting any leadership. And remember, that was the year they lost to Mizzou in it was we sat there at a post-game show. Is Illinois even gonna make the tournament? <laughs> He called out the leadership on that team. Fast forward to March. They're celebrating on the State Farm Center floor. Kofi Coburn blocks Luka Garza's shot. They're number four seed in the Big Ten tournament. Of course, it never happened because of COVID. My point is, it actually is it's, it's echoing your point. This this team has time to turn it around. Well, there, there's there's a moment like this in, in every season. You you were listening off. Those were, were some good examples. Just last year, right? You, you I, I think it was multiple games in a row we went on the post-game press conference and, and he's calling his team soft. He says, you got to be tougher. I, I, I got to, like, this is my softest team ever. That was the quote that he often used was the team was soft and they still ended up winning a, a Big Ten championship and I don't think he, he lost that locker room at, at any point in time. So sometimes you got to do it. He's a, an intense kind of guy and I think he, he's got the team that, that understands where he's coming from and, and what they're trying to do. All right, we'll take a step aside and come back with more. And coming up, Shauna Green, Illinois women's head coach, will join us on the line. They got a squeaker of a win on the road against Butler. And then at 5 o'clock, we're at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Off and running here on Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, it's Colin Likas from the News Gazette. Join us tonight at 6 o'clock for Prep Basketball Confidential, right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. 
Sports talk carrying on on this Monday. We're going to talk to Shauna Green coming up in a little bit. It's Scott and Evan with you. You can chime in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, which is 217-351-5357. Next hour at the Esquire. After that, Prep Confidential. Uh, it'll be Prep Basketball Confidential with Colin Likas and Joey Wright in our WDWS and WHMS studio. So you'll hear it on both of our stations. And then keep that going to 7 o'clock for the Brad Underwood show. He's not mad at you, by the way. You can go see him up at Papa Dell's. I'm sure he's going to be all kinds of a chipper, and, and he'll be in a much better mood. You just got to sleep it off sometimes. Yeah, it will. I just got this in my mail. Steph Curry is your sports person of the year. Huh. I guess all you got to do is hit five 94-foot shots in a row. <laughs> oh, is that what he got it for? Yeah, yeah. Was for your, that your internet video. Mm-hmm. Which sense. he, uh, what do we, he later said, uh, I'm honored that you, that you all think I did make it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fake. I think he didn't say it explicitly, but he said the fact that you all are wondering if I made them or not, <laughs> you uh, know, see, is a show of respect. I, I knew. I knew that it looked a little fishy. I mean, he is incredible. He's the greatest shooter that we've ever seen and we may ever see, but to, to make five shots like that in a row seemed a little far-fetched. Six foot two. He's six foot two. <laughs> Probably he's gonna go down shoes one of the best. his lifts. <laughs> One of the best basketball players ever. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, the free agency carousel continues for baseball. Um, nothing much for the Cubs or the for the White Sox, uh, for that matter. The uh, catching hope has gone to the Braves and Sean Murphy. Uh, so the Braves, part of a three-team uh, big, big deal. And then uh, Chris Bassett, one of the most sought-after starting pitchers out there, has gone to Toronto. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, all the shortstops aren't gone yet, but these are, are all guys that the Cubs were connected to at some point in time. Senga signed, what was that, late Saturday night, early into Sunday morning. And I'd be interested. The, the deal that he got was kind of in line with what most people were thinking and wasn't extraordinarily expensive when you consider somebody like Carlos Rodon, who's thrown, I think, one season with 200 innings, is looking for a, a seven-year deal. And a guy that's got a, a long track record of staying healthy only gets a, a 575 deal. So I wonder if the opt-outs had something to do with it. Maybe he really wanted to pitch behind Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. I know that's not too bad of a in addition to, to playing with the, the Mets as well. But uh, Sean Murphy, part of it as well, and the Braves, just with, with their glut of talent and ability to make moves with, with the A's and the Brewers, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what the return is that the A's got back for Sean Murphy. Like you said, arguably the most sought-after trade piece on the market this year. And w w now we turn probably to the shortstop market and see what Carlos Correa and Dansby Swanson decide to do. Apparently, Dansby got married over the weekend, so that was kind of putting a, a hold on him making his decision. And 
How dare he? And <laughs> Carlos Correa is just waiting out the market for, for whatever deal he, he wants. He's the, the youngest, probably most coveted free agent left out there. So he, he's got time to wait. But Cubs fans are, are getting antsy. And if I'm a White Sox fan, and by the reaction I've seen on the Internet, they're not too happy because they're not really being connected with anybody at this point after watching their MVP first baseman, uh, Jose Abreu, sign down with Houston earlier this offseason. I'm not sure what you're selling there either if you're the White Sox right now. They, because they haven't shown a total commitment to getting this thing fixed. Right. They they did the one-year deal with, with Mike Clevenger. But, uh, yeah, they weren't really connected with Brandon Nimmo. That seemed to, to make a lot of sense. They needed a left-handed hitting outfielder possibly. And, and on the infield, I mean, you got to make a move at, at second base or somewhere. But uh, they ain't got much <laughs> as far as prospects on the way so I'm not sure exactly what they're doing and a lot of people are saying the the same thing with the Cubs and Jed Hoyer but as long as Dansby Swanson and Carlos Correa are still on the market I'm not going to panic because those are are really what you need you got to figure out shortstop if you want to move forward here for the next two to to four years but uh, if they miss out on, on those guys I, I don't know where the big impact bat's going to come from to accelerate this timeline and possibly make a postseason this year, this coming year. New top 25 today. Purdue is your new number one team in the nation, 10-0, and 2-0 in Big Ten play. Virginia's now number two. UConn is at number three. Purdue needed uh, all of a overtime to survive Nebraska. But they uh, get the win and had some uh, much bigger wins in terms of uh, ranked opponents and whatnot uh, this week. So there you go. Purdue is number one, but uh, you don't have another Big Ten team in the rankings until you get down to Indiana at at number 14. Still, the Big Ten is in good shape with uh, six teams in the top 25. It looks like Illinois falls down a spot to 18. so that's how the rankings are shaking out here uh, right now. Alabama's up to number four. Houston, who's had been a number one, is down to number five. Our colleague Scott Ritchie has Charleston in at number 24 in the country, I think, uh, which is fine. I don't have any, like, I, I have no argument for or against Charleston because I'm not all up on them. That's why he does what he does. He hasn't mm-hmm. voted number, uh, number 23, actually. They're actually ranked number 27. Uh, he also has New Mexico in his top 25. So uh, okay. Mr. Richie making friends down there in uh, Lobos, New Mexico. No, wait, is New Mexico in Albuquerque? Yeah, New Mexico State is in Lobos, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. That, sound, that sounds right. We can we can figure that one out. But, uh, yeah, it, it's still early season, still trying to figure it out. Purdue, I, I think, slides into that one spot just to, in terms of, oh, Houston lost, so let's slide everybody else up. Because if you watch them play Nebraska, who's like a, a 100 in the net, you know, it, just barely winning in overtime doesn't really inspire me to, to put them in the number one spot. But uh, good for them, two years in a row being number one, uh, the first two times that, that the program has been there. I think they only spent a week at number one last year before they lost, so... Hopefully better results this year, or maybe we'll, we'll see them fall again this week and we'll get a new number one next week. But as we, we've kind of said coming into the year and with Houston going down against a, a, a good Alabama team, they've knocked off some ranked opponents here in the early going. There's no one true dominant team in 
basketball. I'd still side with Houston just because of the the depth and the talent that they have. But um, it, it's it's a crapshoot as if it isn't ever not a, a crapshoot when you get to March. But um, a lot of good teams, not really any great teams, and, and a lot of folks still figuring it out in this new transfer portal kind of basketball world. Illinois' opponent from Tuesday night, Texas, uh, their coach, Chris Beard, was arrested this morning on felony domestic violence charges. He's 49 years old, was arrested by Austin police, and booked at uh, just past 4 o'clock in the morning this morning on third-degree charge of assault of a family or household member impeding breath circulation. In other words, strangling somebody. Uh, He was released from jail this afternoon after posting bond, and he is permitted to communicate with the alleged victim in a non-threatening manner, but has to stay 200 yards away from the residence. My goodness. All right. Innocent until proven guilty. Uh, But that's not a a headline you want to see attached to your head coach if you're the Texas Longhorn Athletic Department. That's quite the thing to wake up to and... They've got a game tonight, so just to to add into the oddness of the situation, yeah, just not not a a good look. I saw his attorney has come out and said that that he's innocent, and like you said, we'll we'll let that all play out. But optics wise, yeah, not not too good down there in Austin. Yeah, my goodness, Illinois, of course, beat them on Tuesday night in Madison Square Garden. Illinois women's basketball had to survive a tough test uh, yesterday in Indianapolis at historic Hinkle Fieldhouse. They beat the Butler Bulldogs and continue a great start to the season. Illinois women's coach Shauna Green is our guest when we return on Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, DWS. Can't script some things, can tell you that. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Scott and Evan with you. We're going up to the Esquire next hour. Yesterday, Illinois beat Butler in women's basketball 65-63 to at historic Hinkle Fieldhouse. Line are now nine and two overall. Shauna Green is the head coach in her first season and joins us on the line. Good afternoon, Shauna. Hey guys, how are you? We're doing great. I have a question for you. Is this a hard time of year for basketball teams? Uh, you, you've got about a third of your season in the books. Uh, you've had a whole flurry of games in a short amount of time. Now you're on the brink of finals. It's dark outside, all that stuff. <laughs> it, does it get a little hard at this time of year? I think right now it's kind of that, you know, that, that grind where you're in finals week, we played yesterday, now we won't play again until until Saturday, and then, you know, you have Christmas looming, so the kids are anxious to, you know, to go home and see family, and you still got to focus in and, and play two, two really tough games. Um, so I think it always is a, a tough time with a lot of, a lot of distractions going, going on for these kids. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it, it seemed like it was a harder game yesterday, uh, so to speak, but kind of similar to the trajectory we just saw the men go on. You can't take any teams for granted. Butler did not have a good season last year, but they came to play yesterday. Yeah, you know, they're they're a really good, really good team. And, and Austin, the new coach there, does such a great job with them. So they were, they were a team that I was, you know, I, I was worried about this game again, knowing that 
know it was finals week and, and, you know, you just come off a big 10 win and then you go into this and with their ability to shoot the three and spread us out, they're just a really hard system to, to guard. Hey, Shauna, this is Evan, and I feel like we got to ask every time about Makira Cook. She turned it on in the second half. Is she that kind of player where if you need somebody to take over the game, do you feel like you can call on her number? Oh, yeah, no, no doubt about it. You know, Makira is just an elite player, and, and I actually, at halftime, you know, I went up and I told her, like, hey, we need you to be really, really aggressive right now, and and, and you're getting shots, but, like, take, you got to take them, you know, because I – we kind of go as she goes, and when she's super aggressive, it opens up everyone else. So um, I give her a lot of credit. She she really kind of put us on her back there in ter- certain stretches and, and really had a huge second half for us in a, in a really big game. And you're getting contributions from everybody in the rotation, and I'm looking at the, looking at the numbers, and I think your two best shooters are, are coming off the bench in Jada Peoples. Jada Peebles mm-hmm. and Genesis Bryant. How important is that to have not just production in the starting lineup, but also off the bench? I think it's so important and so critical. And really all of our, you know, championship teams through the past six years that, that I've been a part of, you know, we've had really good uh, bench production. So I love them coming off the bench. I think that they've really thrived in that. Uh, they're their instant offense. And, and usually they're the ones finishing the game. So, um, you know, I have all the trust in the, you know, in them and, and their ability um, on both ends of the floor, and, and they've been shooting it at a, at a high clip this year. And, and then on the flip side, what do you like uh, about maybe somebody like Jane O'Neill, who, who is in the starting lineup and maybe doesn't play as many minutes as a player off the bench, but why do you like her as a, a starter? You know, Jayla just, she, she, is going to be a really good player and, and she just has to continue to learn, you know, the consistency on, on both ends of the floor, but she's, she's able to score. She's super quick defensively and, and able to defend at a high level, uh, you know, and, and she's had some glimpses of some out, outbreaks offensively this year. And, um, you know, we're just, I, I know she's just going to continue to get better and better, but I like her starting the game. And like I said, I, I like the rotation that we have with, with those two coming off the bench and, and their ability to, to really contribute right away. Coach Shauna Green is with us, Illinois women's basketball here on Sports Talk. Uh, we just talked about Jada Peebles coming off the bench, and she's been shooting really well, but how about that block yesterday to seal the win? <laughs> yeah, that was, I said, it was just a veteran making, you know, a veteran play. And, um, you know, we had some we had some mental mistakes down the down the stretch, and, and I really thought we did a great job of, of that next play mentality of, of coming in and, and knowing we needed to get a stop there with being up two points and just an incredible, you know, presence of mind. We had a really good rotation, and then she had that high hand up knowing, you know, that they're a three-point shooting team. And um, then she made another play, you know, just even on the inbounds to, to pass over top to Kendall away from, you know, uh, down by our basket and, and get it out of the backcourt. So just, you know, veteran plays from, from seniors and, and really proud of her and, and her growth. How overall would you uh, assess the, the health of the team right now and, the you know, the fresh legs and all that? You know, we're knock on wood. We're, we're doing well. And, um, you know, they had today off and, and we'll get another day off this week. And, and you know, with it being finals week, we won't practice as long. Uh, they'll be intense, but, you know, they, they won't be as long. And, and, you know, try to just get them, 
keep them fresh, uh, both mentally and physically, um, I think is a really important, uh, you know, it's just really important, especially this time of the year, like you guys said, there's so many things going on. So we need their minds, you know, to be, to be fresh and, and, and in the right spot, uh, just as much, if not more so than, than their bodies. Next Sunday, the women's version of the bragging rights game will come and you guys go down to Columbia and uh, the bragging rights for the women is set up with home and home. Uh, so I don't know if you've been, a been given much of the context of the rivalry. It's kind of been lopsided in, in recent years. Uh, but how big is it in your mind to go down and, and beat uh, Mizzou? You know, Missouri's, uh, they're having a great season. So this is, you know, they're receiving a couple of votes in the AP top 25 poll this uh this one that came out today so in every game for us is, is a big game obviously you know i don't have too much uh you know i haven't been a part of this bragging rights and, and this you know rivalry so i don't probably have the true depth of of what it means yet but uh you know for us it's an opportunity to go play a really good team um you know from from the sec on their home floor and and to get you know, an opportunity to to get a really big win um so it's going to be really tough. They're good. Uh, and, and we're going to, you know, we'll prepare and, and be ready to go on Sunday and, and what's going to be a really good game. Shawnee, you said you, you like the rotation that you have. So it, it might be hard to say only uh, 11 games into your tenure here at, at Illinois, but do you, do you think that the team feels like they've got a, a sense of identity and who they are going to be here going forward for the, the final 20 or so games? You know, I, I hope that we're, you know, developing that identity and, and hopefully, you know, it's, we're getting a true sense of it and, 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 you know, taking pride in it. I think that even yesterday, um, you know, they start believing in, in defense wins you games, you know, and, and that's what we've been preaching. And now they see uh, really how much it matters and, and that it's, it's like what I always tell them is defense and rebounding are, that's what's going to win us, you know, games and it's what's going to win you tight games. And, you know, to, to have the game decided on a, on a block shot, I think, you know, again, just backs up, you know, the, the identity uh, that, you know, I think we are and, and what I want this team to and program to be about, and that's defend, rebound, and then we'll get out and run and play really, really fast. You know, Adelia McKenzie had another double-double, and when she came in here, I did not think about her as a rebounder. Maybe that's – I'm talking about last year as a freshman, but she's really uh -huh. blossomed into that role um, is, is – you know, do you see her continuing and career-wise as kind of that four-ish spot on the floor? You know, it's nice because we played her a lot at the four when we go smaller and play four guards. But you know, she can she can play the three as well. And uh, I love her as a rebounder. You know, she's really kind of taken into that role and and she's flying in there. And I mean, she just has a knack to to find the ball. And then her athleticism and strength, you know, really, it's really, really helped us out. And, you know, Kendall has to do so much rebounding. And I know last year even, you know, she was the main rebounder. And, and she can't do it alone. You know, she's averaging <laughs> or double figures in rebounds. But it's we need other people. So having Adalia really step up her rebounding. And then Bryn Pill has really been great on the boards the last few games. And, and that's really helping our team. And Aisha Nador saw a little bit of action uh, yesterday. Could she be somebody that's part of that rotation when she's back to full strength? Yeah, definitely. You know, we need that size. We need the size. We need the length. Um, she has the ability. It's just, you know, it feel bad for a kid like, like Aisha. She just had some injuries here and there. And, 
you know, was out for the last few weeks. And, you know, we just, we got to get her back where she's healthy so we can have her in practice every day and, and she can continue to progress as a player and, and also have a good understanding of the system. So it was good to have her back and, and get her out there in some, you know, limited minutes yesterday. Well, coach, uh, you get a little, maybe, I don't know if there's ever downtime for a coach, but maybe the potential for a little <laughs> bit of downtime uh, for you to catch your breath, but back at it uh, next Sunday, which we'll hear here on DWS. As always, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. No, thanks for having me, guys. I, I appreciate it. It's always good to, good to talk to you guys. Yep. Thanks, Sean. Thanks much. That's Shauna Green, Illinois women's basketball head coach. Bragging rights is up next on Sunday in Columbia at Mizzou, and the men's version will be in St. Louis on the Thursday to follow. We will make our transition up to the Esquire when we come back. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Facer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Assets, and Family in Perilous Times. Join Thorpe Facer and Facer Law Office at the iHotel and Conference Center Wednesday, December 14th at 1.30. Reserve your space by calling Facer Law Office at 337-1111. That's 337-1111. You know, energy prices are going up, and you're probably noticing that too with the colder temperatures. Many people right now are interested in solar energy, but it's still kind of a mystery for a lot. I want to steer you to see you under construction. They've had solar energy in the works for quite a while now, and they've spent a lot of time making sure they can deliver and get their systems in place before they even open it up to customers. They know that you want to feel confident in your choice of who works on your home. So there is an easy to go through education, estimation and installation process. I went through it myself. I was very pleased at how many of the questions I had that probably you have too. Uh, were answered thoroughly and they even show you where the panels will be on your roof if you're interested in it and how much savings are in line for you and the finances of it all it's totally free it's a low pressure informative session head to see you under construction and head to the solar area there and get signed up for more information if you're interested in solar panels on your home now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who will tell you there's one player who Brad Underwood is good with. Sincere Harris. Yeah, that was the one player he called out in the press conference in a good way and said that Sincere is the guy that is playing hard right now. And the rest of those guys, I, I suspect really the post-game comments were probably aimed at Terrence Shannon at Matthew Meyer, at Coleman Hawkins. Whether they're veterans to this team or not, they're veteran players. Mm -hmm. And that's where he needs the leadership from the most. You can't ask the freshman to do it. No, no. And, and yeah, kind of what I, I was alluding to in the, the beginning. He, he's not going to tear down or, or, or call out guys that he doesn't think can handle it or, or really need that that kind of motivation. And, and yeah, with a, such a, a young roster, it's got to be those four guys who are, are bringing it and setting the example for the young guys as they, they try to get it going. He is just not a guy that's going to to settle. And I think that's why he's endeared himself to the Illini fan base as, as a head coach. Uh, but, you know, it, it's there's going to be some some tough love delivered there at, at times. And that, 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 that means for some growing pains for this team. But I just, I'll, I'll go back to 2019. They were going through a similar situation with a team that wasn't as talented top to bottom. And uh, they got that thing cooking. There's no reason they can't again, because they've already shown what they can do with wins over UCLA at Texas. Yep. 
Okay, my friend, we'll do it again tomorrow. Yes, we will. All right, appreciate uh, Shauna Green being a part of the show. Petros Kiprianos is the guest next hour up at the Esquire with the News Gazette Sports Writers. You can join him there or tune in here on News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.